sacredjourney.net. I'm a spiritual director, facilitator, and guide, and you're listening to Pilgrim Podcast, a show exploring spirituality and intention in travels and daily life, and what it means to live like a pilgrim at home and abroad. Today I'm talking with Dan Cumberland of TheMeaningMovement.com about vocation and finding meaning in what we spend most of our lives doing, work. This episode is brought to you by my 2018 Creation Pilgrimage. Join me on pilgrimage May 19th through 25th in the beautiful Pacific Northwest as we seek to know more of the divine and ourselves through God's first revelation, creation. Inspired by the seven days of the creation narrative, we will draw from creation as our text and the creative impulse as our guide, listening for the gentle stirrings of the sacred and the true self each step of the way. And I've got some exciting news. A limited number of partial scholarship opportunities are now available for those requiring financial assistance who might not be able to join us on pilgrimage otherwise. You can also donate to the Pilgrimage Scholarship Fund to support the journey of another. Scholarship applications are due by February 9th, 2018. Learn more about the Creation Pilgrimage and how to register, apply for a scholarship, or make a donation at asacredjourney.net slash journeys. Now, let's begin the journey. Hey, Dan, it's good to have you back here. You are here on our first episode. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here and always just enjoy collaborating with you. Yeah, well, thanks for helping us get started by interviewing me. And now I'm excited to interview you about your work, which is work. Which is work. (laughs) Uh (laughs) It's kind of meta when you talk to me about work. Yeah, Dan (laughs) is the founder of TheMeaningMovement.com and a meaning movement, I guess you could say, when it comes to vocation and finding work worth doing. So that's what we're going to explore today. Love it. Yeah, I feel like um, especially the new year is a great time to, to refresh, reset, mm-hmm. restart. To think about what you do and why you do it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, let's start with um, you sharing a bit about your your spiritual journey. That's how I like to start with a lot of our mm. guests. And it, I always find that um, whatever the topic is we're exploring kind of finds its way into that story as well. Yeah. So yeah. tell me what, what you want to share. Yeah, that's a great, a great question. Uh, I, so my spiritual journey grew up um, in the evangelical Christian tradition, um, bounced around through a few different denominations related, you know, underneath that, that umbrella, Mm -hmm. um, but still very, very much of the evangelical flavor. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that when I think about my spiritual journey, I think about my parents were always very involved in uh, ministry outside of work, so not professional, yeah, professionally uh, vocational uh, ministers. But um, particularly in Mexico, we, I grew up in Southern California, and um, they were on the board of a Christian orphanage in Mexico, and spent a lot of time down there. That feels like maybe even more one of the constants, even though we we bounced around a lot through different <laughs> different denominations. Um, my experience with with being in, in Mexico, with the, the church there, with uh, I think just the mindset of doing something that helps hmm. helps people mm-hmm. seems very much intertwined with my my faith my faith journey. Yeah, uh, went to college to study ministry uh, for a lot of reasons. We can get deeper into some of those um, 
because that's another part of why, why, I, why I do what I do, but to focus on the spirituality portion really felt like, um, like God was calling me to be a youth pastor, to do ministry, I think is really what it was first and foremost. But, um, but youth ministry seemed like the, the application of that, that made the most sense. And so went to, went to Bible school, uh, to study ministry. I was a youth pastor for a few years and really led to a point of just a lot of, um, confusion, a lot of frustration, a lot of, um, disillusionment, I guess you could say with some of, some of that tradition, um, some of, I think the culture of, uh, the school that I went to and, um, maybe some of the hard lines that were often drawn in, in the flavor, that particular flavor of, of the Christian tradition that Mm -hmm. I had grown up with. And, um, and so I, I got to this point and this really, you know, ties into why, why I do what I do, but just where I was just questioning everything from Mm -hmm. why, why am I a youth pastor to who, who God is, what God is, what's, what, what are we doing? It, it, it was just a really, really a dark, difficult time yeah. for me. Um, really wanting to find something to hold on to when it comes to, to faith, um, really wanting to, to hold on to, um, to my Christian roots, but then, but also wanting to find a way to, to, to have a little more openness, I guess, in, in how I, how I held on to that. Um, and so, yeah, spent a lot of time in that space and started, I think just, just exploring around, you know, what different types of kinds of thinking, different kinds of theology, Christian theology, and then some, you know, beyond, beyond the, beyond the borders of, of Christianity. But mm-hmm. uh, I think where it's really brought me, um, you know, of course it took me to, to grad school where, mm-hmm. where you and I met and, um, it's brought me to a place where I, uh, very much am identi- identify as, as Christian. I just think I, I really do hold that a little bit more loosely. Mm. Um, I, I doubt is a, is a big part of my faith. Yeah. Um, and I think, I guess that's the, that's the, the long version, the, mm-hmm. the longish version mm-hmm. of, of my, yeah, my spiritual, my spiritual background. I think it feels like kind of a, I, almost like a departure and return to in some ways, not that I really departed that far, but I think to let go and then to um, rediscover, I guess, is, is kind of how that journey went for yeah. me. Well, I. I like how you, you described it as a, a, you know, a looser term, so to speak. But I remember you said boundaries mm-hmm. before when you were talking about how it was growing up. And so I think um, culturally, sometimes might people, people might think of that as um, something breaking apart. But actually, it feels like expanding. Yeah, um, absolutely. The, the boundaries, the yeah. borders, um, a widening mm-hmm. instead, mm-hmm. a loosening in, in a way that you're releasing all those things that you needed to know before. Yep. And instead there's room for the unknown, which often includes doubt. Yeah, totally. And I think that's, that's a very, well, very good way of, of, of putting it is, is to be comfortable with the, the unknown yeah. and that the things that we do, that I do know and that I do believe, um, that there's always a, a, the, a, a piece of, of doubt, a piece of unknown 
Yeah. And what those really mean. Well, and that seems important, I would imagine, to the work that you do, how you are leading others in this vocational work, as well as um, in um, the one-on-one sessions you do and with yourself that um, allowing room for mystery for the unknown, um, because I think that too requires more of an attention and attentiveness to intuition, to inner stirrings, mm-hmm. and to knowing God in those ways. Yeah. And God's calling, it seems like, probably means something different to you mm-hmm. now yeah. than it did before. Than it did then, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'd love to tell you know it's, it's a bit more of that story. It took me a long time to, to figure out, uh, but I... I really wrestled with why, why did I feel like God was calling me to do ministry and then got into that job that was just really personally challenging on, on many levels mm-hmm. from just the work itself to, I think the fit with, um, some of the, a lot of expectations, a lot of pressures. I mean, as I'm sure listeners can imagine, um, being a, a youth pastor, uh, Parents have a lot of preferences about what you do and don't say, do, mm. do and don't teach, activities you you promote and don't promote, and all of those kinds of things. And it was just really a personally challenging place for me. It was also a really lonely place. My wife and I um, were just married when when I started right before we got married, and so we're young a young couple in a community where there wasn't really anyone else our age, a church where there wasn't anyone else our age. It was very isolating. And just all of these things that just weren't, weren't working and were really painful. And at the same time, this narrative that I had been, um, believing that, Mm -hmm. you know, God had called me to this. This is what I was supposed to be doing. What you had to be doing. Yeah. What I had to be doing. Uh Should be. Yes. Those, those words. Yes. Uh Should, had to. Yes. All of those things. And I, I, uh, was on a retreat as I was, under, began to understand that I was just really needed something, but I didn't know what it was when on a leadership treat with retreat. Um, it's just a few other people. And, uh, we did this exercise where we just plotted out the, the last couple of years, um, on, uh, of like major, major life experiences and shared them with the group one at a time and gave feedback. And so I gave this feedback of, you know, or, or gave, gave my story. And then, the first question that was asked is, is who told you to be a youth pastor? Hmm. Which I was really in- insulted to hear that. Um, Cause I'm like, no one. Who are you to ask that? Yeah. <laughs> what are you saying? But, but I think it was also like, what, what is, what are they seeing that I'm not seeing? Hmm. And I can say now that it was my youth pastor that told me to be huh. a youth pastor. Hmm. And that when I was in high school, early I guess mid high school, um, didn't really have many other adults that were really speaking into my, into my life and that weren't really available to me. And so I think he had a lot of power in my life and a lot of good that came from his influence, but also just some of his mentality around, uh, that ministry is the only valuable thing to do. Um, very much like a, a, uh, clear, clear division of, of ministry work versus mm-hmm. non-ministry work and that we should all like that ministry is the highest vocation. Um, Which also I'm sure was uh, imp- 
emphasized at the school you went to oh, because absolutely. everyone has to study mm-hmm. like minor in some sort of ministry or something. Yeah, Isn't that exactly. True? Yeah. And the school I went to, uh, which, which for this show will remain nameless, <laughs> but, uh, it was a ministry only school. You had to, you had to say that you had to, to basically sign a document. I don't know if it was literally you had to sign, but they wouldn't, they only accepted applicants who were, who were going into ministry, who were Mm -hmm. saying that, um, that we wanted to be in ministry. So it was very much also a part of that culture that ministry was what you So to be questioning that while you're in the middle of school, even if you're studying, I know you study music as well. So Mm -hmm. even if you were studying that, like that's, it's either this or you're out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, I, I forgot what, what, what got us, got us to this, to this moment in my life, but, um, it was a really important moment of, of realizing that, um, what I thought I was called to do or what I thought maybe was God's voice Mm -hmm. in my life and my story was actually more the voice of my youth pastor and also the cultures and institutions that I've been a part of the Mm -hmm. faith tradition that I was, that I was in and all led, led me to make the choices that, that I had made Mm -hmm. after, like, as I came to realize that the, the question then became, so what now? Because the only thing that I had that I, you know, built my life around was kind of gone Mm -hmm. in some ways because it Mm -hmm. wasn't working, wasn't working for me. Yeah. So that's the dark night of the soul in my (laughs) my story and was this kind of as you were contemplating leaving that path and before you went to grad school or when where does this fall on your yeah so this would be a little bit before i made my made the departure from from that position a pilgrimage my my pilgrimage it wasn't very much a pilgrimage Uh when i think of my the move from Mm. that was in chicago to to seattle it it is a very big it was one of the biggest transitions of, yeah. in my life well i think everything in your life has changed it seems it wasn't just that you went and got a degree yeah it was a formative degree mm-hmm. beyond academic and your own, your whole community your yep. vocation mm-hmm. uh, your way of living of being absolutely absolutely well what happened then for you in graduate school that led to this discernment process and the eventual creation of the meaning movement yeah well, to pick up pick up the story, I think is the best way to to uh, to to answer that question. Having had everything stripped away in some ways, and the the big question for me is: so, what do I do with my life <laughs> now? What <laughs> now? What? Um, and so I was kind of had this fire to just figure this out because whatever I you know the the, the ways that I had answered that question in the past weren't weren't. Um, I guess the places I had looked to for guidance weren't, mm-hmm. weren't working. Um, so I started having conversations with anyone that I could get anyone whose ear I could, I could, uh, I could have for a few minutes, uh, who might mm-hmm. have some expertise, um, spoke to a few old professors, um, other, other people in, in, in my life who had you know somewhat of a mentor, mm-hmm. mentor role. And I had one, um, one person reflect back to me just as I was, you know, asking questions, how do we, how do we help people figure out, you know, how do we, how do you figure out what to do with your life? And he's just like, you have just a lot of energy around that question. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, yeah, cause I need to, I need to answer it. Yeah. Um, That's so interesting. So often we're looking for the answer uh-huh. that we might not turn around and look at the question. Yeah. 
Uh, or, or yeah, the question and why we're asking yeah, the question. Yeah, like what's behind the totally. question. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The answer might be behind the question rather than in front of mm-hmm. it or something. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, I like that. Behind instead of in front. That's good. Let's trademark that one fast. Let's, let's, we'll yeah. share it. It's expensive. <laughs> yeah. And so he, that particular um, person said, you know, you might just want to pursue that. Like hmm. you have a, you have a lot of energy there. Where could that take you? Yeah. And so I started looking at um, for a program that would be part uh, formation, psychology and and theology. It felt like that was kind of a, an intersection around particularly around theology and psychology um, mm. seemed really interesting for mm-hmm. me to, to continue to pursue, which then led me to the Seattle school. Yeah. And starting at the Seattle school, you know, I, I still had this question I, and I didn't know if it was for me, like I just needed to figure out my own stuff, no. um, which of course I did, but I, I didn't know if it was, if there was more there. I don't know what you, how do you help people figure out what to do with their lives? That's not a job that you can necessarily go out and get. And so at the Seattle school, um, you know, it was a very formative experience. A lot of, you just learn a lot about yourself and how you are, why you are, um, the way you are, how you interact with others. And, um, and I think it's a, you know, it's a really challenging and, and good experience. And as I made my way through that program, I should say, as we made our way mm-hmm. through that program, because we were there at the same time, uh-huh, yeah, at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I just still had this hunger to like for more around the conversation of what are we doing with our lives? What are we going to do after we leave this program mm. and, um, started creating some, um, experiences, um, spaces for people to, to talk about, yeah. about vocation. And you were very much a part of, um, Getting, getting all choked up here. <laughs> it seems like every time we turn on the mics, I end up crying. <laughs> <laughs> We've got it documented right here. Great. Uh, it's just the tenderness that the, the Seattle tenderness. school yeah, cultivates. Well, and I think it's you. Mm. And I think that's what I want to say is mm. I'm just really grateful. Um, I'm grateful for the uh, camaraderie. Mm because the that experience at the school was was really form- formative but i think what really helped was a huge part of my process was to begin doing the work on behalf of others yeah and i needed i needed you to help mm. me help me bring action like to to those desires and yeah. to like not be alone and wanting to do something different yeah. and to break the mold a little bit and to try something that the school wasn't doing in some ways it felt like you know maybe yeah bucking the system a little bit you know <laughs> mm-hmm. causing a ruckus a little bit uh-huh claiming something that yeah. definitely wasn't yeah there before and which was it was very welcomed by the school yeah. but at the same time to have the, the the motivation and the the energy and the space uh to do it i, I yeah. needed i needed i needed help in yeah and well so. and i think i mean we met Right, a school was starting, and so you know, I mean, it's a small school. It was a small, less than a hundred people, I think, in our in our cohort. Um, so you 
you know, most people that you knew, you knew at, at, at the same level. But I think it was, I was working in the bookstore. Yeah. And it was probably those <laughs> moments that you would come in. And the, there was a good handful of people that would come in <laughs> and have cultivated relationships in the bookstore. Have our spiritual direction uh-huh. mo- sessions with but, you. Um, that's, that's, that's a good way to, <laughs> that's how I like to do it. You yes. Know, <laughs> behind the counter. Good, good training. But, um, but I remember those conversations and the, you know, cause, because it was both casual, you know, hi, how are you? I need to buy this sort of thing. But at the same time, we just kept talking about this or that. And so I think after a while, um, there was more lingering, not just in time, spending more time there, but, um, you know, a sinking in yeah. to deeper conversations. Yeah. And it, it makes me think how um, in this process, I'm sure as you guide others those little conversations you know we, we want to know immediately mm-hmm. what what the path is but those little <laughs> conversations that cause you to linger that yeah. bring sparks that that camaraderie which i feel like is a great word to mm-hmm. describe you know both of us listening into something and jumping in yeah. that's so much easier when you have someone to do it totally do it with Absolutely. Um, yeah so i think those moments were yeah so essential for for me and um for that camaraderie to yeah. develop i i totally agree and i think that it's something that we often undervalue and i say we meaning just everyone in their mm. process of of discerning or their process of figuring out what's next is is how important it is to get other people involved mm, in your mm-hmm. process to get others uh, eyes on you to get others to speak their the truth that they see yeah. in you and i can point to you know just like that one mentor saying there's something special about your energy here you should pursue that like many other conversations with you with other mm-hmm. friends at the school um that helped me really i think own and and even maybe claim that yeah like i'm i'm gonna figure out how to help people with this and mm. i'm gonna figure out how to make a career mm-hmm. make make a job for myself yeah. out of these big existential questions mm-hmm. of why am i here and what am i what am i going to do with my life mm-hmm. yeah that reminds me of um whenever i was in ireland we went to um the holy well of saint brigid and um she was both like a celtic uh goddess and then a christian saint and so kind of the the story is that she bridges between the old and the new and that's how often i i felt about my vocation of kind of staying in that in-between space on the journey um so that i can be that bridge and invite others to Mm. cross as well and that that seems like whenever you you were able to discern that like wait this this very question that i'm asking and there's so much energy here like you're that in-between person Mm -hmm. um that will be your career right there on the bridge yeah yeah others totally that in-between space where there's so much like latent possibility Mm. i just love those spaces Mm -hmm. well tell me what the meaning movement is how did how did those bookstore conversations those vocational (laughs) discernment groups uh, and more lead to the meaning movement which i i remember too um the, the night we were brainstorming, I think it <laughs> brainstorming was all, these days it's all based on domain names that yeah. are available, I think. And so I, you were on your phone checking it all I out and you bought that. it that I moment. I do remember that. Uh-huh. Was that a, I remember a conversation at your house in Springfield. Uh-huh. Is that the one that yeah. you were thinking uh-huh. of? Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. Wow. That's so great. Yeah. So the meaning movement, 
well, to start with, the meaning movement is kind of my home base for all the work that I do no. around work, work mm-hmm. and meaning. Well, and, and let's pause and tell me like, what does work have to do with meaning? Mm. <laughs> That's a great, a great question. So first, I think we have to understand that work is a m- more, it's a, it's a larger category than your job. Mm. So work first needs to be understood as, as how you go about utilizing your agency in the world. Mm. So work mm. has to do with how you produce change, how you create, how you impact, uh, people, things, cultures, whatever, whatever it might be. So the first, the first step is to, to zoom out, um, mm. and, and get a little meta with work. Yeah. And one, you know, one slice of the, of the spectrum of, of work is what you do to get paid because yeah. unless you're independently wealthy or, uh, some, uh, you know, I guess really independently wealthy, or maybe you're, if you're retired, cause that's also an important category. Um, and you don't have to work if you're in a position where you don't have to work for for money. Um, that's that's great, and I think this is also still an important important question. Yeah. But most of the world has to spend the majority of their lives, you know, earning earning um, earning their way, you know, paying paying their bills. Yeah. And so I think that's the that's the portion of the work conversation that we end end up focusing on the most. Mm-hmm. And so when then when we when people ask, you know, so what does work work have to do with meaning, often mm-hmm. we're thinking first about so what does my job have to do with meaning? Yeah. And I think there's a lot to say there, but we first have to start start with the yeah. idea that work as a category is is fundamentally how we make meaning in the world. It's what we choose to do, how we choose to apply ourselves. Well, and I imagine those early conversations, both in the culture I grew up in and the one that you grew up in, if we wanted to do work, have a job that was meaningful, ministry seemed to be the clear option. Mm -hmm. We weren't um, able to see, find, you know, meaning was, was faith. Yeah. It was, we weren't trained to find meaning elsewhere Yeah, and find God elsewhere. Exactly. exactly. And then I think the, the next, the next step is, is, is that, you know, meaning isn't something that you find in, in your work. You know, if, so if you're not, hmm. if you're not a full-time pastor, then you volunteer at your church mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it might be, or in my family's case, uh, go down to Mexico and work at an orphanage, um, which as I, you know, referenced mm-hmm. earlier, was a big part of my, my uh, spiritual formation and as i think about my even my life formation um that 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 was really meaningful work mm-hmm. for my parents and i don't even know if my my parents you know even connect some of these things but my my dad grew up in an orphanage and so mm-hmm. i think that's really for him hmm. r- profoundly um meaningful yeah. to be able to contribute to something that was so uh he has a soft spot for, for people who have, you know, he knows what it's like to yeah. be in, to be in those, those kinds of positions. And so, um, and, and so that, I think that those are some of the ways that, that the conversation has typically gone. Um, you know, that, that work is either, you know, in our evangelical, um, conservative maybe, uh, traditions, like that work is about, uh, you know, meaning is, is from, comes from ministry. The, mm-hmm. ne- the next step that maybe to broaden that a little bit would be mm-hmm. meaning is what you, you know, what, what you volunteer, what you do with your volunteer time, what yep. you do with your time outside, mm-hmm. outside of mm-hmm. work. 
And I think really where I, I want to get people to think is, is, uh, think about and, and dream about is, is what does it look like to make meaning and just broadly start there. And then how can mm-hmm. you give more of your time to, to making meaning and whether that be in your job or mm-hmm. outside of your job, mm-hmm. I think that it's just an important category for us to understand first for ourselves, just broadly, how to like, what's, what is a meaningful pursuit yeah. for me? And then to start thinking about how can I lean more into that? Yeah. So three parts, it seems where, where do I find meaning? The second part was, um, how can I make more time for that? And then the third question is leaning into that, which I'm sure raises the question, can I get, can I do this in my job? Can, you know, if you're, I know I've heard you say that, you know, most of your life is spent working to, to provide, to make money. Um, if there's a way to get meaning into there, why wouldn't yep. you? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's not everyone's preference. Some people pr- prefer to keep their, keep things separate and they, you know, work a job to pay the bills and, and then they do the other things and in, in the rest of their time. Yeah. That's, that's fine too. Mm-hmm. And also it's important to note that for a lot of people, money is a source of meaning to be able to provide mm-hmm. for a family. Mm-hmm. Like that mm-hmm. is a really important, important and meaningful activity. Yeah. So even in and of itself that to, to, to earn to, to be earning from your work to, yeah. to be to be paid mm-hmm. I think particularly for people who have struggled you know struggled mm-hmm. to make ends meet mm-hmm. and some people might may not be able to relate to what that's like but to mm-hmm. have to have to fight to get the bills paid um, means that when you are paying the bills it feels really good yeah yeah and it's important to note as well and that you can have the li- a life that brings you meaning yeah. through that yeah. yeah yeah and I think it's just important to note that like meaning that meaning is such a subjective activity. I can't, I can't stand here, sit and sit in judgment of, mm-hmm. of what is and mm-hmm. isn't meaningful mm-hmm. for, for anyone else in the world. Okay. So let's answer that question. Then what, what is meaning? What is meaningful? How do you discern what's meaningful to you? Yeah. To me personally, or how does a person, well, you could start with yourself, I suppose, <laughs> but yeah. How, how, how would any, any listener who um, wants to, uh, lean into this conversation a bit more, yeah. especially as the as a new year begins. Yeah, and 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 intersect. Well, I'm sure whether it's spoken or unspoken, um, spirituality mm-hmm. is intertwined with this too. Yeah. So I think um, a parsing out of what we you know maybe we grew up on or um, are often told that meaning is just you know in in the church or in um, ministry mm-hmm. how do we tease that out and say ah, i feel the spark whenever i'm with children or whenever i'm creating and that is god too yeah that's meaning totally okay, so now you <laughs> <laughs> well i think you I just said what i you think just so. did it and i think that's uh that's an important piece is so i think there's a there's a couple things one is it's really an important place to start is to begin to under to attempt to begin to understand but also Mm -hmm. (laughs) i think there's good ways to to get to make progress on this like what are the voices that have that influence the way you think about what you do and what is meaningful so Mm -hmm. as we've talked about a lot the church Mm -hmm. um whether that's part of of you know the listener story or not that's I, i don't know but what institutions what cultures what people what um family systems well yeah and that's, have that's shaped. like what's a mask and what is real mm-hmm. two mm-hmm. sides to it is what totally I'm hearing totally you say, yeah. and i think that 
first just to start on like what's what what are all the voices that are that are part of this story hmm. just get mm-hmm. them all, all out all on the in, table all in the same place yeah even, not yeah. even good, having to decide good and yeah. bad mm-hmm. just without judgment just who who's told me anything mm-hmm. about about who i am when it comes to work mm-hmm. what what it means to do something worth doing mm-hmm. um what's more worth doing than than not worth doing mm-hmm. um to get all that on the table and then once you you get all that out, just then you can start um, doing some more, maybe more critical evaluation yeah. of what of what of this is healthy, what of this is is uh, true of who I am and who I want to be. Um, what are the voices that maybe need to be minimized, and what are the other ones that need to be you know mm-hmm. that that I'd like to to lean into. But uh, so that's I think a really important step in the process because it clears some space, and then once that space is cleared. Um, and by, by, by clearing some space is, is, I mean, as you become more aware of how, how all of these things, all of these, uh, voices, it's a word we keep using here, mm-hmm. but have shaped you, it, you begin to have more ability to, um, to choose how much they influence, you know, yeah. how, how much you listen to them. And so as you have that space to then start paying more attention to just as you said like i get some extra energy when i'm working with kids this mm-hmm. is the example that you that you gave and i think you know if it if it moves you hmm. it has meaning hmm. i think that's a mm-hmm. really really important mm-hmm. idea to hold on to yeah. that that it's it's all about like how how does what kind of energy do you get from from doing this or that thing? What are the things that you feel most connected to? Where where are the places in your life, both present and past, where you've been a part of something that you've felt uh, moved by, connected yeah. to? Um, and then, you know, thinking forward into the future, what are the things that you just desire to be a part of? And mm-hmm. what's the impact that you want to make on people, on culture, on the world, et cetera? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, so I'm wondering with all of this then, how how you might see the word calling differently Mm. because um yeah whenever you talk about that finding meaning what Mm -hmm. what moves you yeah i i see i hear the word calling yeah um and yet just like perhaps how your faith has expanded that Mm -hmm. seems a bit more expansive than um calling the yeah. story of calling many of us have heard or know absolutely or have been told absolutely yeah and i i well i, I was going to say i don't use the word calling i actually do use it i have a, <laughs> i have a, a, <laughs> Wait a, a, a calling course <laughs> the, the the calling course is a, it's okay, an online fine, course I that, I, that i so i guess i do use it but i think i think for me it's just taken on a different meaning than well um, yeah than it, it used so to it have so it seems like a completely different and so yeah word. it really does feel it feels well tell different. us how it's different uh, yeah and i i i First, I want to talk about how I understood it before, which is like that there's this mountaintop experience where God calls you, speaks to you and says, Lacey, go do this thing. This is what I have planned for you. Yes. This is what you will do if you will do, if uh-huh. you want to live according to my will. Exactly. You will. Exactly. And it's like <laughs> this clear moment. It's a clear message and it's somehow outside of every day life hmm. and who you are in everyday life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the, the really important thing is that um, I think of it much more now as a very close 
close in, but mm. it's about who, mm. who you are, how you've been, been shaped, yeah. who you've been made to mm-hmm. be. Um, and that, you know, to, to think of it in a, in a, through spiritual terms mm-hmm. that, that God speaks through those desires, yeah. through those bursts of energy that you have when you're doing this or that, um, that, that is like God's voice. Yeah. Um, I've told you that in like enthusiasm comes from in theos, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, like meaning in God. Yeah. That's one of my back pocket tricks right there pulling that one out yeah but just as you're saying like that where you're enthusiastic Uh god is there yeah and and i think that's i imagine a lot of the work that you do with your clients in in spiritual Mm -hmm. direction Mm -hmm. is to help help us notice yeah those those moments Mm -hmm. where god is moving in us around us yeah and so i don't know if that fully answers the question mm-hmm. of how I, how I think about calling. But. Well, it, it seems to me that even then it's less about, you know, you, for you it was being a youth minister, less about even career path mm. or something, and more about flourishing mm. and thriving. I mean, that, that's a common question even in my conversations with, with directees is what, what does God want? Mm-hmm. Yeah. from you and and for you and it, it comes down to I think flourishing thriving living into the to live into the fullness of your being is to live into the fullness of, of God yeah. I think and so so then it doesn't even have to be this one thing yeah totally it's more that every day tuning in listening um, and pursuing because I, I I know you could say as much as I that like I think with that old version of calling we think you know, this is what I'm supposed to do. God will pave the way, yada, yada. You know, and if something's right, like, you know, it's going to line up again. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's an, it's not easy. Yeah, It's not easy to follow the path of meaning, especially when you try to do it as a, as a career. Yeah. Um, which is why we have to return to those questions. You have to stay close to the meaning. You have to keep that fire yeah. alight. Yep. Totally, totally. And I think when I look back at the last seven years, I guess now, since I've been in Seattle, and <clears throat> it has been, I think, as, as you've said, a process of f- flourishing, um, though it hasn't necessarily felt like flourishing, <laughs> but I think... I had to take a deep dive first. <laughs> yeah. I, and, 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 I mean, a lot of it's been, it's been challenging. It's been really hard in yeah. a lot of ways. Um, but when I think of who I am, now and how mm. I think I'm able to, to, I think find, find myself in my, in my work, find expression for myself yeah. in my work that I'm, I'm doing stuff that I love, I love to do. Yeah. And, um, even though it's hard and, um, much more complicated now than, than it was before, uh, I, I'm so much, I think closer to, to doing work that, um, yeah, that's, that's, I, I can most like feel at home. Yeah. And I think along with that is, you know, there's many, many layers to it, but I think, you know, I, I love, uh, being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Like, I love working for myself mm-hmm. and I'm not necessarily <laughs> the, the best at it, you know, as far as you want to talk in dollars and cents, but, 
but even like the movement from from being a youth pastor to 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 being you know ex- like accepting uh, admitting that i want to yeah. work for myself mm-hmm. um it was a big that like that alone is a big shift and also yeah. a big part of my of my progress and a big part of why i've chosen to to pursue my work through the meaning movement through creating a business yeah. a, a space for myself mm-hmm. rather than you know, becoming a therapist because mm-hmm. a therapist could do work like this or becoming a career counselor. There's many, many ways that I could go about doing my work, but this is the one that feels the best for me because I think it, it fulfills a lot of, a lot of my other desires related to, related to work. Yeah. And lifestyle and it keeps you close to that spark, I think, because I see a, a big creative energy. Yeah. <laughs> like, like someone said long ago, the, the energy behind that as well, yeah. which I think keeps us close to meaning close to the presence of God, Mm -hmm. close to presence. Mm -hmm. Well, tell us about the meaning movement as we wrap up here. Yeah. Well, I feel like we've, we've been talking about it the whole time. So I don't know that there's, uh, well, I'm sure there's more to say, but give us the specifics. Yeah. The meaning movement is a, uh, it's a blog, a podcast. It's a, uh, what do I want to say? It's a place for, for, for resources, yeah. uh, all related to questions of, mm-hmm. of work and meaning. What am I going to do with my life? How do I find more purpose and fulfill, fulfillment in my, in my work, both in, in your job and outside of your job? Um, so under that umbrella, there's a blog, there's a podcast. I have a f- bunch of tools I do, you know, that I, I release for, for free and, you know, and paid. I work one-on-one with people, um, around these themes. And I also have, um, a course called the calling course that um, really the new type of calling, the new type of calling. (laughs) Yes. Um, that really helps you find, find, um, what are the themes of calling in your life and Mm. how can you lean into them? Well, and I know you offer a mini course too, Mm -hmm. that is free if people wanted to start today along that process of curiosity is really what it seems like yeah yeah it's called five clues to your calling it's just five little simple questions that really get you started thinking Mm. about these things and how they apply to you very focused on on uh application you can find that at thecallingcourse.com perfect thank you yeah Well, these final questions are ones that I like to ask everyone yes. and they're about um, journeys abroad in our everyday lives. Mm-hmm. So number one, if you were going on pilgrimage, where would you want to go? Which I, I should say, like, you're the first one who asked these questions because you asked them to me. <laughs> I told you to ask yes, them, but yeah, so they're not now really the tables have turned. So the tables have turned, <laughs> so I should be prepared. Yeah, I, uh, th- I have so many places, but the one that speaks to me at this moment is um i've always wanted to go to japan and mm. i've never been and i've for a long time have ha- i've never been east yeah. uh, really at all and um but just yeah through through my younger years kind of had a f- fascination with i think just how different um culture seems yeah um there versus here um I'm interested in the art and the architecture and, and just, and just being in a culture that's um, so foreign. Mm, um, mm-hmm. I think that there's, I think it'd be really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that's one of the great things about such foreign places. I mean, I've been to Europe many times and love going, but I went to Bali for the first time 
I guess it was just last year, but it was the most foreign place that yeah. I've been to, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Totally makes um, sense. And it just heightens your senses. It just takes you into a different sort of space, a different yeah. sort of presence yeah. too. Yep. So essential for pilgrimage. Sounds fun. <laughs> book, I'm ready. book your ticket. I'm ready. <laughs> well, what, what journey are you on in your everyday life? Yeah. Uh, many, there's a lot of journeys happen, happening. <laughs> um, <laughs> most, I think what's been most forefront is, is my entrepreneurial journey. Yeah. I've been, um, took this, I, I think of it as a side project, but it's because I think of the meeting movement as my main work in the world. Um, but I've been running this software company for the last seven months or so. Um, and I've been learning a ton about mm. managing people, about growing a business. And, um, it's, it's been quite a ride. And so when I think of well, <laughs> that question of what, 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 what are the, the journeys that I'm on? That's definitely one of, one of the big ones. Yeah. I think another is parenting. Mm-hmm. My son is just past two and so full of life. And yeah. Each day, each stage, emotion. a new journey. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that's, that's another important journey. Mm-hmm. And even those two things, um, intertwined mm-hmm. since you're working from home then yep. as well. And it's which is a gift a and, a, a, and a challenge. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, what are some um, resources, practical tools that you would want to leave listeners with yeah. today? And also accompanied with that, because I know you have endless resources. Uh-huh. Um, but like, what's one small step someone mm-hmm. could take today to begin to pursue meaning, to begin a meaning movement in their own life, yeah. you know, without necessarily having to you know, you don't have to quit your job today no. to do that. You it's don't have to change your, you, yeah. Better if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you don't have to change your circumstances necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's just one small. Yeah. Tell us what it is. Yeah. Okay. One small what? Yeah, one small, one small step for man. Uh-huh. <laughs> one giant leap for mankind. Well, that, uh, that's a big trip to the moon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's focus on this, the small, the small step. Yeah. Uh, the place that I would encourage people to start is as we were talking about earlier of just get out a piece of paper mm. and just brain brain dump yeah every story every idea every phrase around work yeah um that you carry with you and both good and and negative and i think that's a really important an important part of the process to get all of that on paper so that then you can begin understanding how you've gotten to where you are, yeah. um, what are the, you know, how you've been shaped by, by some, um, you know, institutions, cultures, yeah. experiences, etc. Um, so I think that's one really tangible, just mm-hmm. get out a blank piece of paper and just put it all out there and then yeah. go through and, and maybe circle the ones that like you want to, uh, stay tuned into and, yeah. and maybe cross out, put a line through the ones that, um, feel too small for you. Yeah. It's then, almost like, all those things are clues Mm -hmm. and you decide okay which which clue do you want to follow which path yeah Yeah. i won't say path because path we say you know we think more vocationally Uh i'll also say thread which thread do you want to follow and and yeah that curiosity that wondering yeah and i think you know the next which is less less tangible but still very important 
it's less tangible because it's not as easy to, for me to just give, you know, 10 seconds of instruction, but just, you need to, you need to understand your narrative. You need to understand your story, mm-hmm. understand mm-hmm. how you've become the person that you've become. And yeah. a good place to, a good way to start is to just start writing the stories mm. that have shaped you. And the question that I always get is, so, so which, which ones? And the answer is the ones that matter mm-hmm. <laughs> that we, I can't choose for you, which stories are most important from, mm-hmm. from your life. But I know even as I'm saying this, that you're probably thinking about, you know, have scenes that have flashed through your minds, write those down yeah, and write them out in story form mm-hmm. and start, you know, really digging in there mm-hmm. uh, because work is about identity. Meaning is about identity and the intersection of, of who you are and, and what you do. And so yeah. the more you can understand who you are, uh, the easier it'll be to, um, to understand, you know, what's a good next step, how to lean in yeah. more to, to work that matters. Yeah. What fits mm-hmm. really is what we're asking. Yep. Yep. Well, and I know at the meaning movement.com. Yes. There's, there's resources there. And, uh, as far as I like to, I like books and, mm-hmm. um, Parker Palmer has a little book called let your life speak that yeah. everyone should read. It's, it's fantastic. And, um, just a good kind of jump start to the conversation. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Dan. Can yeah. you send us with yes with a blessing yes from i'm sure another great resource yes so i i would like to read a poem by david white and i'm just pulling it up called sweet darkness um the reason i chose this one is well because it speaks to me um because i think just the theme of darkness as i told you in my story of having to give up a lot and really enter into some really scary questions, um, the dark, the, the dark night of the soul, and, mm. and how that's often a part of of the process. Um, and so I think this this poem speaks to me in in because it 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 speaks of darkness, um, but then also the goodness on the other side of it. So, yeah. so it's sweet darkness by the poet David White. When your eyes are tired, the world is tired also. When your vision has gone, no part of the world can find you. Time to go into the darkness where the night has eyes to recognize its own. There you can be sure you are not beyond love. The dark will be your home tonight. The night will give you a horizon further than you can see. You must learn one thing. The world was made to be free in. Give up all other worlds except the one to which you belong. Sometimes it takes darkness and the sweet confinement of your aloneness to learn anything or anyone that does not bring you alive is too small for you. Thanks for joining with us today. Find episode notes and sign up to receive updates at a sacredjourney.net slash podcast and subscribe to Pilgrim Podcast through Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a thing. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd be grateful if you'd leave a review on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. When you leave a review, it helps other seekers just like you find Pilgrim Podcast. 
To find out how to leave a review, visit asacredjourney.net slash podcast. I'll be back again next month with another conversation on spirituality and intention and travels in daily life and what it means to live like a pilgrim at home and abroad. Until then, blessings on the journey.